G'day friends, welcome back. It is the last round of the home and away season for the AFLW round 10 that we'll be talking about today. The Saints got the job done against the Blues, but it wasn't quite enough to get us into the finals, unfortunately. I'll talk about the team that let us down. It's not going to be who you think. I'm also going to talk about the Pies and Tigers game. Now that you you might have you know I was I wasn't quite sure which which other game to look at from the round. There was a couple of other you know sort of okay ones, um, but I wanted to pick a game that had teams that aren't going to be playing in the finals because the teams in the top eight I will now obviously be taking a good look at them during the final series. So yeah, I thought I'd have a look at the Pies and Tigers because Tigers the Pies and Tigers <laughs> because they both uh, only just missed out. Um, and it was quite an entertaining game. Richmond piling on seven goals in the last quarter, unanswered. Seven unanswered goals to absolutely obliterate Collingwood. And who doesn't like to watch that? Let's get into it. Okie dokie, Carlton versus St Kilda. So St Kilda got the job done by 20 points in the end. Not a bad uh, victory at all. Got enough uh, of a percentage boost to get our percentage over 100, which was fantastic. But it wasn't quite enough to keep us above Sydney in the end, who jumped us after defeating Fremantle in the last game of the round. Now... You might think, oh, gee, Fremantle, come on, you're playing Sydney at home. You couldn't just get the win for us. You couldn't just get the win against the Swans to keep St Kilda in the finals. But I don't blame Fremantle at all. I blame another team who lost on the weekend. I blame a team who, if they had won, St Kilda would be playing finals. I blame Essendon. I blame the Dons for losing to a Charlie Rowbottomless Gold Coast Suns. You, ne- you had to win that one, Essendon. Come on. Now, I know Charlie Rowbottom is only one player, but she's a very good player. She's probably the Suns' most important player. She's she's out. She's now out for the rest of the season, which sucks. It sucks that she's going to miss finals. But she wasn't playing on the weekend. Essendon had a golden opportunity. If Essendon had won that game and Brisbane had lost to Melbourne, which is not out of the realm of possibility, Essendon being the top four right now. But no, they had to lose. They lose to the Suns. If the Suns hadn't won, they would have stayed where they were on 22 points. Five and a half wins, which would at present, post round 10, have them outside the top eight and St. Kilda in. So I blame Essendon. Fuck you, 
Fuck you, Essendon. I hope you lose to Geelong, you bloody bastards. <laughs> That's a little bit harsh, but I need to direct my anger somewhere. No, all joking aside, you don't want to be leaving you know, your chances of playing finals up to another result. That's not where you want to be um, in the last round of the year. If it works out for you, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. But you really, like, look, St Kilda should have, you know, you look back on the year, I've said it a few times, we should have beaten Port Adelaide. We should have had that win. Um, but, you know, you can think about that and say, oh, if we'd beaten Port Adelaide, would we have beaten Collingwood the following week? I don't know. So that's sort of, you know, something to think about. What we definitely shouldn't have let happen is let North Melbourne absolutely tear us to pieces in round one. That was not ideal. That hurt our percentage quite a lot, and it took us the entire rest of the season to recover it. So, you know, even if we'd still lost to North Melbourne, just not by as much, I think it was like 50 points or something in the end. Um, If we hadn't let them beat us by so much, that percentage would have been a lot healthier, and maybe Sydney don't end up above us at the end of the year. So... You know, you can look back and say if and, you know, had we done this and and whatever. But all that being said, uh, I'm blown away with how the season has ended up for the Saints girls. I couldn't be more impressed. Starting zip and three and then turning it around completely. Winning six of our last seven games, beating teams like Brisbane, coming back against the Pies. I... I, I I'm so, so happy with so many aspects of how the of how the team went this season. Improvement almost completely across the board. When you look at like all the players who played most games, or even a handful of games, most of them you can just immediately immediately Jesus Christ, you can immediately go improved. Tick, improved, improved, improved. Maybe some of them, oh, they improved in this area, this area still needs work. But, like, you can see the effect that Dal's coaching is having. He's, at some point in that Collingwood game, it all came together. And now it just works to where we're readily competitive all the time. It just switched out of nowhere. I don't know if Dal just sort of figured it out and finally sort of got to understand the best way to coach the girls or if the girls sort of, you know, finally understood what what Dal was getting at or was a little bit of both. I don't know what happened, but from three-quarter time of the Collingwood game onwards, we're a different team. Our ball movement's better. Our ball use is better. Our defending is better. Just across the board, we turn into a different team and it was so exciting to watch. It was thrilling. It was it was excellent. Um, highlights of the year. I, I've mentioned them before, but cu- the comeback against Collingwood that last quarter was so exhilarating. It was so great to watch. Seeing us not only like just beat Brisbane, but r- like defeat Brisbane convincingly. Brisbane, who are a very good chance of winning the f- premiership this year. Beating them like pretty, I think it was 21 points or something in the end, pretty comfortably, controlling that game from start to finish, that surprised me more than anything else. But it sort of felt like the, you know, the natural conclusion to all the work that we've seen that's been done throughout the year, the way that our midfield has improved and now become really formidable. Like, you know, Lambert, 
was very good from the start all year. Vesely and Patrikios, consistent throughout the year, ups and downs, but, but you know, quite good. Smith's year, her second half of the year was outstanding, like some of the best football I've seen in the AFLW. And her first half of the year was okay as well, but just it all just really like came together. And in the last couple of rounds, in the, in the Carlton game, I noticed it quite a bit, like rotating Xenos through there and Exxon. And I think Jolliffe went in there, like these half forwards running through there. So a really good midfielders can rest forward and change positions a little bit. Patrikios played a little bit of half back at times, a little bit of wing. She was thrown around until her best position was found. McDonald was brilliant on the wing. Kiochi was really good on the wing until she got hurt. And then, you know, there was a couple of other players that sort of rotated around through there. The improvement across the year of players like Matty Boyd, who I feel was played out of position early on, sort of out of necessity, playing her down back, didn't really work out. And then in the last few weeks of the year, playing that forward second ruck role, finished up in her her best game for the year, in my opinion, against the Blues. Um, Grace Kelly returning from injury, I thought was outstanding. This is her first like year playing for the Saints. She was injured all of last season. She did brilliantly. Simone Nolder improved as the year went on. I thought her effort was outstanding. Um, our forward line really started to gel quite well. Even when Wardlaw went in and sort of became like 50% ruck, 50% forward, like she was spending a lot of time in the ruck position and doing really, really well there. Even So even when she was playing in the ruck, our forward line didn't seem to suffer. Exxon became one of the more damaging small forwards in the competition. Friend has turned into this really competitive marking target who's kicking goals. She was doing great. Richards improved as the year went on. Zenos had another fantastic year. Um, got our back line. I felt like our back line did pretty well throughout most of the year, but once Dal decided to put Priest and Stevens back there, back where they seemed to prefer to play and have played in the past, it turned into something different entirely. That's what I'm so impressed by with Dal. Like a lot of coaches can throw the magnets around and try and get a bit creative. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But almost every move he made, magnets-wise, seemed to make us better. He made such good decisions. He clearly understands his team incredibly well. Because, you know, early in the year, he's like, all right, Hannah Priest... We, we need you in the middle. You're really good in the middle. And she had a couple of really good games in the midfield. Nicholas Stevens, we want you up forward as this sort of pressure half-forward type. And she was quite good in that role as well. But, you know, our back line needed a little bit of something. Yeah, the, the Boyd experiment wasn't working. So we were going to have to move her out of there and then therefore sacrifice a little bit of height. And we didn't really have any height to replace her with. Pynchon came back into the team and did pretty well. Um, but we're mi- we're missing Beck Ott. She hasn't played the whole year. She's been injured. Um, so, you know, if you can't get a bit of height in there, let's get a bit of experience back in there. And when Stevens and Priest went back into the back line where they want to be playing, suddenly BJ got better. And, like, the three of them just made the back line their, just their zone. It was amazing seeing how much more confident they seemed 
playing in those positions with each other around. I thought it made Alice Burke better. She struggled a little bit in the early part of the year, I thought. But And again, like she played her best game for the year against the Blues as well, just getting better and better with those changes that were happening around her in the back line. Um, yeah, God, just thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. I didn't expect us to have this kind of year. So I'm, I'm absolutely wrapped. Um, hopefully we can continue to improve um, into next season. The only things I would like hope for the team, like list-wise, is just to sort of add a little bit of depth, probably across the board, like in all areas of the ground, just a little bit of depth. I feel like like there, in the Fremantle game, when we went over there and lost, it, and like Exxon wasn't injured, but she was managed and she stayed in Victoria, it felt like we were missing her. So that, you know, having the ability to have a player who needs to be rested or is injured or is suspended. Um, like I was really worried about Serene Watson when she got suspended for the last game of the year. I thought that was really going to hurt us. Um, I thought that like it, we would have been better if she'd been there. We managed to fill that hole quite well. I, did, I thought she had a fantastic season as well. But yeah, you definitely don't want to be vulnerable when you when you miss a key player in any area of the ground. So, you know, just adding a little bit of seriously quality depth, you know, in all areas of the ground, I think is the only thing that I can ask for. And you know, I'm not unhappy with where the list is at at all. We, we played every available player. I think Van Dyke and Ott didn't play because they're both injured for the whole season. But I think every single other player played at least one game. And... There was no one who I think had a bad year. Some players had better years than others, um, but no one had a bad year. So I think even like I didn't think that Deanna Jolliffe was going to get a game, and then she did. I think she played the last three, or the last four games of the year, and when when she came in, you could see every week she got better, culminating in, and I'm saying it again, her best game of the year was the last one. I had no idea she had so much pace. You could see the confidence growing and she started to use what is clearly a weapon of hers is her ability to run really quickly. So yeah, God, I'm just wrapped. I'm so, so wrapped, honestly. Um, th this game in particular, the, the Carlton game, I thought Patrikios was outstanding. She had a fantastic game. That second term, where she had 10 touches or whatever, was absolutely unbelievable. Lambert, again, played really, really well. I, I keep forgetting what a good kick of the football Jamie Lambert is. My God. Just every time she has it and chooses to kick, you know it's going to hit the target. That's one area of the AFLW that needs to improve still a little bit is the kicking. You know, a fair bit of the time, balls will drop short or go a little bit too far. That's like the handball game, I think, in the AFLW is pretty solid across the board. The kicking is what needs a little bit of work. So when there is a player who is just brilliant at kicking, it's it's quite noticeable. And Jamie Lambert is just absolutely outstanding by foot. Um, Zenos had a very good game. I thought a couple of goals for her, um, as did Exxon. Again, a couple of goals for her. Um, so that was really, really pleasing. Boyd and Friend I mentioned already, um, but I think both of them, Friend maybe not. I think she had a really good game earlier on in the year. Um, but Boyd, certainly, they both possibly played their best games for the season. Their confidence when going for marks um, and how that's grown is clear and evident as well. It seems to be, you know, how a lot of the girls have improved is growing their confidence. 
So that's so pleasing to see. Um, and I mentioned Alice Burke already as well. I think she played her best game for the year on the weekend. Also, um, the, the, the Blues, oh, I mean, look, a, a lot of teams have been, you know, devastated pretty heavily by the expansion teams. Like, you know, the, the players that they lost in um, Presbarkus and G and Egan decimated their midfield. Um, so it's been tough for them. Um, they were okay in patches. I think Bree Moody is an incredible ruck. I thought she was fantastic for them. I thought McKay was excellent as well, as was Mimi Hill and Skepper. Um, they were all very, very good. So they've still got some very, very good players there. Just now their depth is a little bit of an issue. So I think teams like St Kilda, who were neither original sides nor the most recent expansions um, have sort of been spared to a, to a degree, um, you know, in terms of being gutted by players moving to some of the newer clubs. So, you know, you understand where the Blues are at. They can definitely improve, and I'm sure they, this is their first um, year with the new, or season with the new coach, um, whose name escapes me. They've gone, they got rid of Daniel Hartford 12 months ago. So, you know, still plenty of improving for them to do across the board, but they were competitive at times. They made it a little bit difficult for us, um, especially in the first half. In the second half, I felt like we just really got our game going and really played the way that we wanted to play. They, they need a little bit of depth and improvement sort of in all areas as well. Probably just accept their their ruck situation because Bree Moody is outstanding in my opinion. She kicked an unbelievable goal in the the last quarter, I think it was, where she just ran up the middle of the ground and launched it from outside 50, I think, and it just skipped and bounced and rolled through. That was a pretty impressive display of athleticism there, I thought. But yes, overall, very pleased with this result and very, very, very pleased with St Kilda's year. The whole team, the girls and, and Dal and all the other coaches and all the staff should be very pleased with themselves. Did not expect this to happen. Um, it's just, it's it's all it all came together. The, re the really good recruiting at the end of last year, so many of the players that we brought in had such a great impact. Um, so yeah, really excited for what next season is going to bring for the St Kilda girls. Let's talk about the Collingwood and the Richmond. Just that, the Collingwood and the Richmond. <laughs> um, Richmond's midfield is so good. It's scary how good their midfield is. Like, the, the, like they got Conti in there, obviously, who is one of, if not the best midfielders in the competition, right? They got Egan in there. They got Sarah Hosking. They got Dempsey running through there. The, the, the midfield is fantastic, and they really took Collingwood apart at times in this game. Collingwood, like, you know, they still got Bree Davey in there, who, who I don't think has played, you know, her best footy this year. I think she had a really good game in, might have been round one or round two, but outside of that, I don't think she's, you know, been at her best. Still sort of coming back from the, the knee injury last year, so that's understandable. Um, yeah, Collingwood's midfield and, gee, their, their back line as well needs some serious work. Like, they conceded the last nine goals of the game and, and seven alone in the last quarter. And as the quarter went on, they just looked less and less like stopping any of the entries that Richmond were having. They absolutely tore them to pieces. The, the 
Tigers girls. Look, Brennan ended up with four goals. You know, very, very good player, but she was basically allowed to do whatever she wanted. I mentioned Conti and Egan before. They were fantastic. Sheeran as well was excellent for Richmond down back. I thought their back line held up really, really well at times when Collingwood were in control and Greiser as well. Um, up forward, just looked really dangerous, especially late. She kicked an unbelievable goal. Might have been their second last goal. Um, just a, a, a freak, freak goal. She's a real weapon, Caitlin Greiser. I really wish that St Kilda had hung on, hung on to her because she's a key position player. She's a tall marking type of forward, but she's so fast and athletic as well. I think she's got a soccer background and yeah, she's she's a really, really dangerous player and she's crafty as well. That was a really clever goal that she kicked late, just a like a cherry on top sort of goal. It was quite special. But yeah, God, Richmond just ripped him apart in the second half. I think Richmond will quite likely be playing finals this next year. That looks natural for them. They got such a good team. They were probably unlucky to miss out this year. Um, I don't know exactly what all their games looked like and who they played and, and whatever, but they're a very good team. They play a really good brand of footy, to use a cliche, but I really, like, I really, really enjoy watching them play. They move the ball fast and, like, I know, like, players, like, most AFLW teams have one of these players. They have a Conti or a Ghana or they have one of the Press Spark Eye or they, you know, or they have a Chloe Malloy, one of these ones. But my God, Monique Conti is unbelievable. She is an unbelievably good player. Her, just the way that she dances around in the midfield, just around players, around congestion. She's such a good user. She runs really hard from contest to contest. Um, from contest to con. No, I'm not trying to make a joke there um but yeah she's outstanding so yeah i think the tigers should really be aiming for the top eight next year that's i think they've set themselves up really really well with the way that they're playing um collingwood gee they feel like they missed ruby slicer she hasn't played heaps of footy this year with a couple of injuries um but yeah their back line just looks like they had no idea what to do at times they just got absolutely shredded to pieces um i mentioned their midfield as well already running a little bit thin in my opinion um so yeah they, they struggled in this game especially late just it, it's sometimes really hard when you're just getting run over the top of by another team to to stop the bleeding as it were and they just weren't able to do it so that's that's just what happens sometimes um, just a complete and total defensive breakdown, really, in that last term. Not much else you can say. Um, I do love a good scrap. There was a little punch on with about two minutes to go in the game. One of the more intense ones that I've seen in AFLW was right near the boundary. Sarah Hosking got thrown into a fence. It was crazy. Ended up basically every player on the ground getting involved. It was fucking hectic. And it's they're always fun to see when there's a, when there's a whole two-team brawl going on on the ground. That's always exciting. Um, I don't know like if there were fines given out or what. There may have been. Um, the AFLW girls don't have as much money to give as the boys do um, when it comes to being fined on field. So it'll be interesting to, um, to know if there was or was not. Um, just on fines and things like that, still so many players getting spended for head high, dangerous, all that sort of stuff. It's really worrying 
there was a, there was another like half dozen or so from the weekend. There was loads. We can't keep having this. The girls have got to rein it in. They just got to rein it in. Lots of sling tackles still. It seems to be the main one. The sling tackles are killer. They 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 got to be stopped. So hopefully with the continual suspensions and another preseason to sort of you know to sort of build up the habit of not doing that. I think players who have played footy for a long time, the men included, were very much in the habit of tackling in that way when they're in that situation. And it takes a little while to break that habit. So another preseason will definitely help the girls do that. Um, before I finish up, I want to talk about a couple of things. Let's talk about Erin Phillips, right? Retiring. She finished up on the weekend, had a really, really good game, which is fantastic for her, ending on a high. She's the greatest AFLW player that there has been. Um, I think it would be fitting to name the, the best and fairest, the league best and fairest, after her. Um, the Brownlow medal is not is named after uh, Charles Brownlow, I think, sponsored the award um, and is not named after a player, I believe. Or if Charles Brownlow did play, that's not why it's named after him. I believe it was a sponsored award paid for by Charles Brownlow. I don't think we need to do anything like that. I think I think naming it the Aaron Phillips medal um, would be quite fitting. She's one of the pioneers of the sport, along with your Daisy Pierces and your Abby Holmes and and you know Ellie Blackburn and these guys who have been around forever um, and had multiple different roles in media and done all these sort of different things. Phillips is. You know, one of the ones who, who led the charge. She's a basketball superstar as well. So she's a sporting icon in Australia. And I think honouring her in that way uh, would be a really good move. And I hope she stays involved in the sport, whether it's coaching or, you know, doing something like that. Um, but yeah, just from the start of AFLW, she was a freak and was just miles and miles ahead of everyone else. It's nice that there's been a lot of the competition sort of catch up with her a little bit. <laughs> um but God, some of the stuff that she did early days was frightening. She was a terrifying player. Just so, so good. Let's also preview the finals. The first week of finals coming up next weekend. Let's have a look at those matchups. So there'll be Adelaide against Brisbane. That'll be at Norwood Oval. That'll be a cracker. Gee, I think, because I think Brisbane, have they beaten, have they beaten now every other team in the top four? They beat Melbourne on the weekend. They beat Adelaide a couple of weeks ago, and then they beat North earlier in the season. But then they've also lost to St Kilda, they've lost to Collingwood, and they've lost to Richmond. So they're a bit of an enigma, Brisbane. Really, really strange. Um, But yeah, they have beaten all the teams above them, which is a really good sign. It's hard to go to Norwood and win, um, but that'll be a cracker. That'll be excellent. I'm almost tempted to back the Lions. That'll be great though. Melbourne and North Melbourne. I think this is going to be at Icon Park because Casey Fields is just too far away and it's too fucking windy all the time. And it's just the shittest ground on planet Earth to play at. That's Melbourne are like, no, we'll just, no, don't worry about it. We'll just play there. Only we know how to win at it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, you'd think Melbourne would win that, but the Roos will be in with a red hot chance. Definitely very, very dangerous. Going in to finals. Uh, then we got a Gold Coast versus Sydney. That'll be really good as well. I'm, I'd probably be tempted to tip the Swans, especially because Suns don't have Charlie Rowbottom. Very tempted to tip Sydney. And then Essendon have to go down the highway to play the Cats. You'd probably tip the Cats, but Essendon 
have been playing quite well as well for most of the season. So that'll probably that might be the that might be the match of the round. The Geelong Essendon game. That's really hard to tip. But yeah, that'll be fantastic. It'll be an excellent final series. Um you would think it'll be one of Brisbane, Melbourne, and Adelaide once again, who will get all the way there. But North Melbourne, big chance for North Melbourne. If they can beat Melbourne at Icon Park, get through to the prelim, maybe they can finally make a grand final. They've been making finals regularly now and have been probably the fourth best team in the competition for the last few years. Right? They're the only one of those top teams in the last few years who haven't won a premiership. Melbourne have won one, Brisbane have won one, Adelaide have won a bunch, right? So, yeah, maybe this is their opportunity. Maybe they can show the boys at North Melbourne how it's done. Alrighty, thanks heaps for listening, guys. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a comment, leave a review. I'll catch you next week for the finals. Bye!